actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 today. Very early morning, June 13th, 2017, a bus is being loaded up with 33 prisoners at the state prison in Georgia. A little while after leaving, following a series of security issues, two convicts had escaped and two Georgia Department of Corrections officers were dead. I'm Brandon. And this is another episode of Music City 911. Thank you all for coming back and listening to the new episode of Music City 911. In today's episode, I'm going to go over a prison escape that started in Georgia and ended up right in my neck of the woods in Tennessee. This episode, I'll say that I won't be talking much in it. I'll help where I can, but with the audio I have, the whole thing's pretty easy to follow. This episode is going to be heavy with 911 and police radio audio. I'll start with the initial 911 call that came in. Little note to begin this call, the quality is not good. In fact, it's very, very poor. I did what I could to make it sound a little bit better, but this was recorded not directly from the source, but from a courtroom microphone, so there's some background noise as well as some chatter. The quality really is pretty terrible, and some of it is just flat and audible, but I'll go ahead and play it. Yeah, 
As I said, very bad audio. Essentially what happened was the caller rolled up in his personal vehicle and saw the prison bus that was left out in the middle of the road with the door open. When he went up to inspect the vehicle, he found the corrections officers both killed, shot to death. I would go further into what happened there on the bus, but Fox 5 News out of Atlanta had an interview with one of the inmates that was actually on the bus when all of it went down. The story is all pretty shocking. The Georgia Department of Corrections says two inmates took advantage of security mistakes and murdered two corrections officers. There were 31 other prisoners on the bus that fateful day. One of them sat down with Fox 5 I-Team reporter Randy Travis. Yeah, Rustin Estenea, he asked us to call him Ringo and not show his face. A convicted burglar now on parole and a key state witness to a horrible crime that's prompted big changes in the way inmates are transported. I heard Roe, he said, um, I got a long time, I'm, I might not ever get out again. He said, if I can make it happen, I'm going to try to escape today. Talk is cheap, especially in a world of prison bars and steel shackles. But in the space of only a few seconds, Ringo would watch talk become tragedy. The June 2017 murders of Sergeants Chris Monica and Curtis Ballou. They knew something was going on. You can just feel it in the atmosphere. A Department of Corrections review blamed the murders on multiple security failures, starting before the sun ever rose on that fateful morning. Ringo boarded the prison bus before dawn, along with two inmates with violent histories. Ricky DuBose, who he knew only as Juvie, and Donnie Rowe, who everyone called Whiskey. Did they have a real plan or did they just seize an opportunity? seized an opportunity. He says no one searched the 33 inmates after they boarded, allowing DuBose to smuggle in something, maybe a razor, he thinks, to pop his handcuffs, which were not double locked as policy required. Ringo says DuBose asked him to sit in the front seat as he quietly worked loose the shackles. He was like, I just don't want no bullcrap in the seat with me. So that told me there that he was he was serious about trying to do what they have been discussing. With DuBose sitting behind Monica, who was assigned to monitor the inmates, and Roe moving up to sit behind Sergeant Ballou, who was driving, the pair was primed to make their move. So you're hearing everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, you hear, you hear everything. You hear stuff like that a lot, though, and you just don't think it's going to happen. You know, you could, it's never has. An outside investigation after the murders determined the guards failed to click the padlock in place that secured the main cage door. Ringo says the two men noticed immediately and a few miles down the road from the prison he says Roe took a chance. He actually tests Monica. He opens the door and lets him slam back shut. Monica kind of wakes up for a minute and he's looking around and uh, Roe says, you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Those would be Sergeant Monica's final words. So three, four minutes later, Monica's back with his head down, asleep. And Roe just gathers up all his chains and everything. 
opens the door and runs in and hits him upside his head. From his front row seat, he watched the two men struggle, with Monica appearing to get the upper hand. But when Baloo slammed on the brakes, the pair toppled into the stairwell. DeBose walks, walks up into the compartment up there, and Roe is able to throw him the gun box. And he just casually opens up the gun box, uh, puts the clip in, loads it, and walks over there to Monica and uh, fires multiple times. And with Monica now dead, he says DuBose turned the 40 caliber Glock on the remaining officer. DuBose turns to Sergeant Blue and he tells him, he says, you open them doors. And Sergeant Blue just looks up at him and he says, I can't do that. And he shoots him twice. A law enforcement source familiar with the investigation said it's impossible to tell on the security video whether Blue said anything before he was shot. Ringo says he watched the pair kick out a window and within seconds steal a car at gunpoint that just happened to be passing by. The remaining inmates sat on that bus in the middle of Highway 16 for nearly a half hour. Two dead officers inside before someone driving by called authorities. The first to arrive Putnam County Sheriff Howard Sills. Ringo says he forced the bus door open, stepped around the bodies, and addressed the inmates. We gotta find out where they're going. Do y'all have any idea where they're going? We're like, we're just as surprised as you are right this moment. We, you know, yeah, we heard, but we didn't expect. In fact, no one on the bus even knew the killer's real names. It would take three days of frantic searching before the pair turned up in Tennessee. After the murders and the initial escape went down, the suspects in this carjacked a car and started driving north towards Tennessee, just like they said in the Fox 5 report. They were slow about the whole thing, staying out of sight when they could. Took them about three days to really slip up. Just down the road here in Middle Tennessee, between Murfreesboro and Shelbyville, in Bedford County, they decided they needed another vehicle. Uh, we've had an armed home invasion. Can you give me a description? Uh, it's uh, two people on, from Georgia's escapees. It is? What kind here of vehicle is they in? They're in a black Jeep Cherokee Trailblazer. They took my car. We need help out here quick. Okay, listen to me. Hurry. Okay. Did they have any weapons? Oh, yes. Handguns and uh, both had uh, handguns, high-powered handguns. High-powered handguns? Okay. Yeah. They, they escaped from the prison in Georgia. Okay. Do you know what direction of travel from? We couldn't. We were tied up. We were all tied up. We just got loose. They were, you were tied up, right? Oh, yes. Did they injure you? Uh, not, not, not anything critical. Okay, do you need an ambulance, honey? No, I don't need an ambulance. Just get, get the police out here as quick as you can. Okay, I have uh, dispatched them. I'm going to keep you on the phone until they get there. Okay. It's, it's a black Cherokee trailblazer. Has rails on the top. Has rails? Is it a Cherokee Jeep? It's a black a Cherokee Trailblazer. Okay, black Cherokee Trailblazer. Please hurry as quick as you can. They're on their way. Stay on the phone with me. Yeah, I'll be out front looking for them. Sir, you, you survived. You survived. You did, you did a good job. 
Come here, let me hold you. He's a little there with you, It's my wife. <laughs> he was just so close. That's all right. They come in. They're just as quick as they can. Does she need an ambulance sign? Oh, do you need an ambulance? No. No, we're all right. Just get the police out of here as quick as you can. Okay, I've got them on their way to you. Okay, I'm going to hang up. All right. Thank you. All right. That's heartbreaking to hear, but I'm glad that those residents in the call, they weren't severely harmed or worse. These people, depending on how you look at it, they were both very unlucky as well as very lucky. As brazen as these convicts were in Georgia, it's surprising they didn't just kill the caller and his wife. But as you heard, another vehicle was taken. And as stated in court from these residents, they also took clothes, food, bandages, and watches. After trying to use the female residents' makeup to cover up tattoos and tying them together back to back and gagging them, they hopped in their vehicle and left. Now, I am very familiar with this area. I don't live too far away. I've driven that stretch of road Dozens of times, if not more than that. At this point, the Bedford County Sheriff's Department put out a be on lookout for the suspects, listing them in a new getaway vehicle. The suspects had turned around and headed back up Highway 231 towards the interstate. Just as the bolo was being put out, a Rutherford County deputy spotted the vehicle and got behind it. The next segment is quite a bit of audio from the police radio. Some codes are used, but it's pretty easy to figure out what's happening. Keep in mind that the radio system they're using, it's an older one in this. One that I've discussed on the show before during the episode with the amazing dispatcher from Chicago. You'll hear radio squelches off and on during the traffic, and at times you'll hear either some modulation or a random silence that you wouldn't think would be there. That's typically when more than one officer is trying to use a radio at the same time. It's not getting recorded right. You'll hear that from the dispatcher as well. Advise you are behind the vehicle. Stand for. Channel one's closed for car forty-five. Car sixty-eight. Car sixty-three. From what I can tell, Occupy Times 1 right now. Can you confirm the tag on it for us, Josh? 786, more frequently. Stay away, keep us posted, and don't try to stop until we get the buzzer clear. Yeah, I'm direct. I'm uh, backing off right now. 45 passing Christiana School. Cancel. Christiana School. 45. Looked like it was a white male wearing a baseball cap, possibly blue, when he passed me. Can't advise for sure. 68 to 45. I won't be coming down South Church from 24 to 63. I'm coming out on Joby. Yes, sir. What is the stage there, Joby? 
uh, without like stirring so we can get um, up to you. I don't want him to be all coming in. 45, we're passing Rucker. Passing Rucker. 68, make sure MPD knows there's traffic. Getting ready to come at them. Hand for their direct. Beat you at Joe B. Coming up now, fixing my kill equipment. Where, where are you? Warrior coming up on 231. 10 We keep going straight, following the Omni, and we'll wait till we pass 68. 10 4, I'm here now. Where are you at, Gregor? We're coming up to the red light at Church and Joby. We're going through the light. Still in them.
My vehicle's disabled. I think I saw a couple of rounds in the tire. Maybe the engine. Jack Pitbull. We'll get these rascals first. We'll do that in a minute. Car 37 to 23. Go ahead. Matt be on the way here in a minute. Scotty Martin unavailable. Check it Just a second. Uh, 45, go with your traffic again. 
Not sure if there is one. Uh, possibly Pruitt Road or Hoover's Gap. Check that. Should be Miller Road off to uh, our south here. Should be Miller Road. As I go ahead with that additional traffic, you had. Apparently both of these people have shaved their facial hair. One of them possibly has a bullet wound that they sustained in the escape from Georgia. One subject's going to be bruised and barefoot. Uh, also be advised, when we cleared the vehicle, there is one handgun in the vehicle. We did not find another one that they were supposed to be armed with. Or be advised, Georgia now has a helicopter that's on its way.
13 to all of the units on the scene. Hold the position. copy, half mile out, through it. Just confirming, two suspects only, 10 full. Two suspects only. Still walking down the driveway. 553, we're about two minutes out. 553, 10 minutes out. Or how far down Pruitt is this location? 561, confirming 9427 Pruitt, 9427. 9427, it's going to be a long gravel driveway. They're about 1,300 feet off the drive. Car 10. Car 10. Where is instant command set up? 90.8 eastbound. To go. Again. You go ahead. Fourteen, I'm on for it. I'm in 97 to address. 10497 at 9427, car 10, it's going to be 90.8 east. 10-4, do we have a sighting already? Just approaching 9427, through it, where they're supposed to be. 10-4, um, 9427 what? Here we go. I didn't get one. I think so. 4 one got them thrown down. Yeah, one more for C-5, it's over. 42, 10, 15 times 2. 10, 15 times 2. Car 10 to Deputy Van. Go ahead. Give me a call ASAP on my phone, please. 10, 4, I gotta get back to my truck. Is it the two suspects in question? That's 10, 4, it's confirmed. 10, 4. What's the address you're at, Joey? I believe it's 9427 Pruitt. It's a long gravel driveway up the road. I see you, Direct. So go ahead and alert the air support unit and route to stand down, please. I have to start off directly after all that by complimenting the dispatch team. Starting with the actual dispatcher you heard on the radio, she did a great job. She kept calm during this chaos, and that likely helped her deputies keep calm as well. Even when the shooting started, they were pretty calm. The info on this coming from out in the field, it was being passed along and received, just like the deputies were sitting right there next to her. That's how easy it was for the dispatcher. She had zero problems keeping up with all of this, even with all the madness happening. But that wasn't completely her doing, though. I know both from my own experience, as well as listening closely in the background of this, that the other dispatchers that were there on duty, they were working their tails off, making all the extra calls to other agencies, trying to line up other canine and helicopters, notifying their original agencies, etc., Something as big as this, it takes more than just a single hand. That dispatch team, they did some amazing work that day. Huge compliments are in order for them. Moving past that, though, and working our way back to the beginning of the police radio traffic, imagine hearing a be on the lookout from a neighboring county for an armed escape prisoner, two of them actually, that had murdered corrections officers and just got finished doing a home invasion robbery and then getting right behind that vehicle. Talk about an adrenaline rush that that officer probably had. 
I'm about 99% sure that he knew that they weren't going to stop and that they were very dangerous from both the deputy's shoes as well as the dispatcher's. When someone starts shooting at officers, that takes the whole thing to an even higher level. I'm guessing that after they got on foot, one of a few things likely happened. There was talk that they had found one gun in the car, but believed that they may have had more than one. They could have still been armed. What I believe happened was that they had a limited ammo supply, pretty much just what they had stolen off the prison bus. They probably fired everything they had at police and then decided they weren't going to outrun them in a vehicle and decided to get out on foot. Now, I'll tell you, I remember a lot of this happening in real time. I wasn't working that day, and my phone was going a mile a minute with people sending me messages saying police were chasing these guys and that they may be headed my way. I didn't know exactly the area of the county that they were in initially, but I wasn't going to take any chances. I've told you all before that in general, I'm usually armed one way or another. I decided to have at the ready some better fighting options at this point. A pistol wasn't going to be quite enough, so I grabbed a rifle. I'll come back around to that in a minute, though. Anyway, two convicts like this, they take off on foot and hear a number of things buzzing around. You have at this point police sirens pretty much coming at you from all directions, officers yelling, police canine, and from what it sounded like, up to four teams of them at least, and then past that, at least one, but likely more than one helicopter flying overhead. After all that, they may have just decided to give up. Now, I said I'd come back around to me arming up. Luckily, it was on the other side of the county from me. I heard that after listening to my radio as they were going further away on the interstate. But they did end up in someone's driveway, and two neighbors both held them at gunpoint until deputies could arrive and take them into custody without any further incident to the police or the neighbors that helped hold them. Goes to show you, you should always be alert and on the ready. You never know when literal escape murderers might show up in your yard. Us Tennessee folk, which for those of you that didn't know, we're called the volunteer state. We'll jump into action when we can and need to, even in an instance like this where the neighbors put themselves into harm's way to try to help stop these guys. These convicts, Donnie Rowe and Ricky DeVos, they were both in prison already for a number of offenses, and both were going to be locked up for a long time. Believe it or not, the trial for these new charges they haven't even finished completely yet. This all happened back in 2017. Donnie Rowe, he was convicted in September of 2021 and sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. Prosecutors were seeking the death penalty and for good cause. But because there were questions involving his actual role in the killing, jurors, after deliberating for about eight hours over the course of two days, they weren't unanimous in their deciding in the death penalty, seeing if it was appropriate. So he was issued another life sentence without parole. He was already serving the same sentence, so really nothing else happened for him. 
Ricky DeBose. His trial is separate and not supposed to even start until May of this year, 2022. Pass that for any new listeners as well as any veteran listeners that haven't done it yet. Be sure to head over to Facebook and join the Music City 901 podcast discussion group. And also like the main page at Music City 901 pod. I put out a lot of info about cases I can't cover on the show there in that discussion group. And those that are in the group will tell you. I put a lot of crazy police related videos on there. Also follow on Twitter and Instagram, both at Music City 901. And jump over to TikTok and send me some likes and follows. I'm behind on the videos, I know. And I'll get some new content going soon. But I've been keeping busy with some other Music City 911 stuff behind the scenes. Which I hope I can talk a little bit more about in the next little bit. Kind of exciting news. Until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.